Welcome back to Season 2 of the ACES Podcast. In this episode, I chat with ACES PhD candidate at Swinburne University of Technology, Sean Geatman. Sean recently submitted his PhD thesis and has now taken on a new exciting role. We talk about all that and much more, including his studies, how he got into science, the Brain on the Bench project, and life outside of work. So, without further ado, let's get to the podcast. So I'm chatting to Sean Gateman on the ACES podcast this morning. Sean, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. So a lot has changed since we uh, spoke last. You are actually supposed to be on the first season of the ACES podcast, but a few things came up and um, we've had to reschedule that until now. Um, and you've actually submitted your thesis. So um, yeah, it'll be a slightly different conversation than we had the first time that didn't um, get released. Uh, tell us what you're up to now. I suppose it makes it more of an exciting conversation that uh, now we can actually all do a bit more. But uh, yeah, so I've submitted my thesis uh, at the end of last year, um, which is really good. Uh, and it's getting going through some corrections at the moment. Um, but in the meantime, since then, I've uh, got a job with Agile and Technology. So that's uh, going well. Been there since January. Great. And, and how did that come about? Was that just sort of something that um, you know popped up and you applied? Or was there um, someone you knew there? Or yeah, how did the opportunity come about? I knew someone who worked there previously uh, through my time at Burn, but the, the job just happened to pop up um, towards the end of last year. And I, I thought this sounds pretty good. So I, I applied for it. And uh, yeah, here we are. Great. And we'll get into what you're doing there in a little while, but I want to go back to your time at Swinburne. So you did a PhD with Swinburne and ACES. Um, for the listeners, could you just explain uh, exactly what your PhD was about? Yeah. So um, in a nutshell, it was, it was all about uh, stimulated or um, uh, um, drug delivery. So what we wanted to do was essentially generate these particles that we could stimulate with an infrared laser um, in order to drive drug release. So a lot of work had been done around this using conducting polymers through ACES and uh, Wollongong previously. Uh, and just sort of taking that to a, a new, new dimension or a new level, we wanted to use optical stimulation instead, given that we could have a, a non-connected form and, and see how we could actually control the release uh, quite precisely. Um, and that was sort of to tie in with the uh, brain on a bench um nemo platform within asus so looking at um controlling drug release for understanding the interactions with neural cells great and who were some of the researchers you worked with um during that time so the closest i worked with obviously was my supervisor so simon moulton at swinburne um then also paul stoddart was a uh, sort of optics guy at swinburne um my other supervisor with uh, saint vincent's was uh, rob capsa um, in addition to those who worked quite closely with the team down in University of Tasmania, who are heading up their fluidics team. Great. And you, you mentioned the brain on the bench uh, there. Could you just explain that, I guess, briefly for the listeners? Yeah. So basically what we wanted to do with that was take all these different disciplines of ACES. So there's in, in one dimension, so there's the, the drug delivery side, then there's some sort of fluidics and detection uh, that's looking at the drug release coming out of our drug delivery system and on the, the back end then there's um, a neural cell culture that we can potentially derive from patient stem cells to work out what the best dosing regime for them is if we say simulate an um, epileptic seizure in them. Yeah, very interesting and uh, let's go back now a little bit so you also studied your undergraduate degree at Swinburne as well correct? That's right. Yeah. So I did my degree there. Then I did my honours degree there as well. Then Simon came along and uh, offered me a, a PhD position. He started at Swinburne while I was um, finishing my honours. Uh, and you're from Melbourne as well? Yes, that's right. 
Great. So why did you decide to do science um, in the beginning? Like, you know, after high school, what, what was the decision for science? Was that something that you always had a passion for or was it, you know, just something you wanted to try or how did that come about? Um, I guess I was always sort of a really curious person, always pulling things apart um, when I was younger and I wasn't so good at uh, putting them back together. <laughs> but um, yeah, just re that really curious nature and, and just wanting to um, have answers to everything. Apparently I grew up with a real... Um, real pain just asking questions all the time so I think that sort of has driven me to the science side of things where you're um, essentially answering questions as part, of, as part of your career yeah and you've been part of that group that's sort of done a phd i mean you've seen both sides of a phd before COVID, and then you've had to um you know complete that phd during COVID. how was that shift for you uh, um for me i guess it was was different obviously uh, changing everything not not being able to interact with people in the same way as previously but it, it was good that it sort of put a, a hard stop on experiments um essentially we were wrapping up a final experiment then COVID really hit quite hard and so we thought okay that's it we'll stop there that's it we, there's, we could apply for more lab time but it's, it's hard to get in so uh, in that sense it sort of forced our hand a little bit as to what we could do um but then again just just that interaction and that inability to to um have that, that same level of collaboration uh, obviously with zoom and teams and those sort of platforms it became easier but um yeah it's a challenge that i think everyone had to sort of adjust to quite quickly yeah and were you able to go into the labs a lot of last year uh, i was in the lab last year until about march and then that's when we uh, put a stop on it yeah okay so now moving forward to this new exciting role you've got tell us what you're um, currently doing there and what you're working on Cool. So, um, yeah, at Agilent, um, I'm a test engineer in the software quality team. Um, so basically day to day, I, I go through their softwares for their uh, infrared, no, not infrared, um, UV visible spectroscopy is the sort of area where I'm working uh, and evaluate the, the software for their, their different instruments. So essentially benchmarking them, looking for uh, defects that are software or hardware related and trying to be, make them reproducible, um, essentially to, to be able to re release new versions on new builds of software. Um, so that's sort of my, my day in a nutshell. Um, so this new role is a software a quality test engineer. How have you found that transition from the work you were doing during your PhD? Um, as far as uh, it's, it's different completely to, to the research side of things that I was doing, but I think a lot of the um, sort of high end use and then in research driven applications of the instruments that I was using during my PhD has really helped me to understand um, what I'm doing more in this role. So it's, it's just sort of applying same set of skills but in, for a different purpose um and so I'm, I'm really enjoying it great and and with this you know um i guess these opportunities of having to find um a new job especially uh you know during the, the current climate with covid you've obviously found your feet did were you i guess a little bit worried you know coming out of your phd at this time yeah certainly um it was really unknown and um looking for, for jobs in the, in the, in the declining job market where um, essentially a lot of workforce gets sort of cut off or culled, unfortunately. Um, and just, just trying to find some sort of stability in, in that sort of um, current climate, which was, was quite difficult and, and just sort of um, unnerving for someone coming out of a PhD. So I think the just timing wise, it wasn't, wasn't ideal, but um, having come out with, with a, with a job on the, on the back end of it's definitely a positive for me. Yeah, and do you think you know down the line you you'll collaborate again with um, the many researchers that you've worked with at Aces? I, I think um, that particularly with, with just the uh, the way Agilent sort of 
promotes that sort of collaboration and that diversity. So be it either in research or application, I certainly would um, leave the door open to that and, and be, be really happy to collaborate um, with, with researchers that I've um, previously worked with as well as new researchers. It's great to hear. And now I just want to spend a little bit of time, you know, talking about outside of um, work and research. Yep. Um, what do you do in your, in your downtime? So downtime at the moment, it's a lot of time spent walking my dog. Um, <laughs> so I got, got, got a dog at the end of uh, COVID. So start, start of this year, it was uh, been pretty good. So that's, that's taking up a lot of my time. And yeah, just sort of uh, lots of time with, with family. Um, got a baby on the way. So that's exciting. So, oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, so that's that'll be September. We, uh, we're having that. So that's, that's going to be a big step. So until then, I'm just trying to get as many activities in as possible because that's going to take up all the time. Yeah, I bet. Well, really exciting year for you. New job and now baby on the way. That's great. Absolutely. Uh, another question I ask all the guests that I get on if they've got some sort of routine, whether that's a morning routine or you know something they do every single day that helps them uh, approach a day of, of work or a day of research. Is, is there something you do? I think if you asked uh, anyone, including my supervisors, it's definitely coffee. <laughs> That's the same as me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, the start of the day for me and, and throughout the day as well. It's just ongoing. <laughs> how, how many coffees were you drinking throughout your PhD? Oh, I think I peaked at about eight or nine coffees a day during the PhD. <laughs> wow. so it, was, it was good though. Yeah, I mean, it gets you through. It certainly gets me through um, some days exactly. where I need that that pick me up. Um, yeah, well, look, I, I, just to, to wrap up, I, I'm wondering if there's any advice you could offer for PhDs, you know, starting out, uh, PhDs, uh, students who are maybe coming to the end and maybe, you know, approaching that sort of daunting uh, time of applying for a job, especially with the current, current climate. Yeah, um, I guess the the easiest thing or, or the, the simplest thing for me to say is that and it sounds easier said than done but just during your, your PhD particularly coming towards the end just try and relax don't don't overthink it and stress it too much you, you've you've come this far and, and done a lot of work and so it's quite important to to sort of focus on that and, and not get too wrapped up in the stress of submission but uh, and, and starting PhDs just try and enjoy yourself and don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, certainly some, some great advice there. And um, look, that brings us to the end of the, the podcast. It's been a pleasure um, catching up with you, Sean. And yeah, congratulations on, you know, both the new job and as I mentioned, the, the new, new baby on the way. That's, yeah, amazing. Thanks very much, Sam. And thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the ACES podcast. For more episodes like this one, be sure to subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts. You can also find more information about ACES on our website electromaterials.edu.au There you'll find links to our various social media platforms and you can also follow me on Twitter at Samuel Finlay Until next time, thanks for listening